Support for this podcast comes from Taylor. With the Taylor app, chat with a personal stylist for free. It's fashion advice from a pro, all at your fingertips. Don't know what to buy to wear to that wedding or need ideas for how to style what's already in your closet? A Taylor stylist is ready to help. Go to taylorstylist.com slash jove to download for free today. That's T-A-I-L-O-R stylist.com slash jove. One more time, that's taylorstylist.com slash jove. Weddings ish, 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 with Jove. Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in to Weddings-ish with Jove. This episode, our wedding planning tip, I talk all about wedding insurance. Do you need it or don't you? I also sit down with the super creative and fabulous Happy Menocal. Enjoy. Weddings-ish. Wedding insurance. I definitely encourage anyone getting married to buy wedding insurance. If you own a car, it's insured. If you're a human being, you likely have health insurance. If you're a home, you have homeowner's insurance. If you're a renter, you have renter's insurance. So why would you not protect your investment on such a big day, on such an important day, and also on such an expensive day? So what is wedding insurance? Essentially, it protects your investment from circumstances beyond your control, and it reimburses you when possible, where possible. Uh, The reason this has come to mind for me is this beautiful wedding venue in Brooklyn, the Prospect Park Boathouse. Recently, the caterer vanished out of thin air. They have been there for a long time. They're the exclusive caterer. You must hire them. They take the deposit mostly in cash. You get a discount if you pay in cash. And they've been doing it for you know at least a decade or two. So they're a trusted caterer. And literally, they disappeared. Business up and gone, unreachable, closed. No one knows what to do. And many, many couples are stranded without a caterer and out $10,000, dollars $25,000. So this sounds like a nightmare. If you're feeling anxiety listening to this story, then that's why you get wedding insurance. Human beings aren't perfect. We're not robots. We make mistakes. Things go wrong. Therefore, protect your big event, protect your money, protect your family, protect your sanity. At least you have peace of mind as you're going through that should anything go wrong, you're covered. I do want to talk a little bit about the cost of wedding insurance. I think sometimes people think it's really high or really outrageous, but you're going to spend anywhere from $150 to $600, um, and that's generally going to cover up to about a million dollars. So you should be totally good unless you're having the most fabulous wedding ever, multi-million dollar wedding. Um, but what I would say is definitely when you tr- you get your wedding insurance ask exactly over the phone or over email what is included and what is not included. And think about how much you're spending on each vendor, how much you're spending in total, and how much coverage would make you feel comfortable. Because you want to make sure that you have enough coverage for your wedding venue, for all of the vendors, especially food and beverage, the catering, especially given this scenario with the Prospect Park Boathouse. We had uh, this happen in Brooklyn at another restaurant a couple of years ago at Rebar. It's just you just don't know. It's not worth the risk. So spend the money, 
get wedding insurance. There are many reputable companies out there, and sometimes you can even pull a policy from your homeowners um, or your life insurance so that if you have an insurance provider, they may offer it. Otherwise, if you Google wedding insurance, there are five or six companies that come up. Um, What exactly does it cover? So that's a great question. Wedding insurance will cover essentially your venue. You have the option to insure. Additionally, most venues are insured, but in case you have a rowdy guest who, you know, drinks too much and breaks something or who knows, I could tell you horror stories, but I'll avoid that. Uh, It would cover the liability of your guests at the space. So always good to to cover your friends and family and their, you know, mistakes. It would cover weather. So potentially if the couple can't get to the wedding or the majority of the guests cannot get to the wedding because of a snowstorm, a thunderstorm, a lightning storm, that insurance would cover rescheduling the wedding and most of the details involved, if not all of them. Um, Vendor no-show. So what if someone doesn't show up? Again, I do not want to instill fear into you, but life happens. Maybe you hire someone from Craigslist or you hire a friend of a friend or you you know, you know, go with a cheaper vendor because you're on a budget and so you hope that they're going to be great. But imagine they don't show up and you have to get someone really quick or right away or you don't have time to fill that shoes. Then a wedding insurance and policy would cover their cancellation and they would maybe even allow you to postpone your wedding if it was a dire person that couldn't show up. Uh, Sickness or injury. If you're sick or injured, um, the bride, the groom, whoever it may be, that's a big reason that you may need to postpone or move the wedding. That would be covered by insurance. And then, of course, anyone in the military. So you have no idea if you're a military, if you're a service person, if you're going to be shipped out at any notice. And even though you may have asked for the time off, if you suddenly get called away, that could definitely fall into the last-minute Uh, military notion that could be covered by insurance. So you want to make sure that you know exactly what's covered and get what makes most sense for you. And I always encourage just get the maximum. It's totally worth the peace of mind. It's like when you walk outside without an umbrella, it's going to rain. And of course, when you walk outside with an umbrella, it's a perfect day. So what does wedding insurance not cover? Well, it doesn't cover cold feet. So if you decide not to get married because you're not in love anymore or they cheated on you or you just don't want to do it, uh, insurance will not cover that. It does not cover um, watches, jewelry, semi-precious gemstones. Um, Usually it doesn't cover those. You can definitely get those um, covered on a separate policy. Um, And your wedding ring might be covered by your policy because typically it's just a band, but your engagement ring will likely not. So if you got a big old diamond, get it insured and a total separate policy, not just for your wedding day, but for life. Um, I would also say that you can take out supplemental policies because you just never know. And you can take those out uh, for your videographer, um, for your photographer, and sometimes even for gifts, Um, the gifts that your friends will bring or mail Um, you can take out insurance for that. You can take out personal liability, medical liability, and even something for your attire. So really, it's totally up to you how much insurance you want to take out. And I would say, have a thorough conversation with your fiance, with your family, with the insurance provider, look at all the options and make a decision that lets you sleep at night, that lets you rest, and that lets you know that you're on track in case 
anything were to go wrong. Again, I always encourage hiring professionally insured vendors with a great experience, with great reviews, uh, and then that way you at least know you're doing your best uh, to find the right vendors who will show up, who will do their best for you. But life happens. You never know. So make sure you're covered. Weddings-ish! I am super excited to be in this beautiful, colorful studio of artist and stationary designer, Happy Menocal. How are you? Hi, Jove. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad to be here. I am obsessed with your work. Um, and I've been so happy to work with you, I think, on at least a couple of different weddings. And your office is exactly what I pictured based really? on the artwork that you create. <laughs> it's so colorful, a little tropical. It's beautiful. Uh, thanks. I'm glad you came. I, we were going to have you come to my house, but mm-hmm. I thought it would be a little bit of a toddler um, uh, nightmare. So, Yeah, <laughs> I mean, better. I love kids, but yeah. they definitely can <laughs> yeah. pose some challenges when recording. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about your name, first of all. Um, is your name actually happy? So, I mean, for for all intents and pur- purposes, yes. Like, okay. it's on everything except, like, my driver's license. Okay. Uh, but my real name is Harriet, after my grandmother. Okay. Uh, and... You know, I which I really actually like that name too, and I. But my parents called me Happy like from day one. Oh, um, because you were happy, or well, you know, I was little. I was uh, a premature and little, and I think they just felt weird with giving this like very serious like Harriet to like a tiny <laughs> to baby. such a small child. Yeah, so uh, so they called me Happy, and then it just totally stuck. But then I went to college, and I sort of reinvented my. I thought. Well, it wasn't even it wasn't even that pretentious. I just was when you when I went into like a big lecture and they were doing the roll call, mm-hmm. I didn't want to be the guy who was like, um, actually, you know, they would say Harriet uh-huh. and I would be I didn't want to like correct them. Actually it's happy. Right. So I just sort of liked being Harriet and I was sort of taking myself seriously. So I went by Harriet. So I had like whole jobs and like boyfriends that I was to whom I was Harriet. All to Harriet. Yeah, for like a couple years, but my um, and even like on my answering machine, it, it would say, like, this is Harriet. But my old friends would call and be like, oh, okay, like, sorry. And they also, like, I just took a lot of shit for it. So, of course, I, it could, I couldn't do it. Were there two personalities? Was Harriet yeah, one way little, and Happy was a different I way? I was like a little precious as Harriet. You know, I was like trying to, like, I read some of the stuff I'd written in college, and I assume a lot of people have this experience. It's like the most embarrassing, like, yes. you know, $5 million words. Like, I, I, I can't even understand what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it's just terrible. So, yeah, I think I was kind of a different. I wore, like, really weird vintage, you know. I was, like, trying hard. I mean, that's college, right? We're all trying hard to be someone, (laughs) but we don't know who. Yeah. It's so awkward. It's like high school continued, but now you're an adult. Yeah. Um, And then your last name, I always, people, every time people email me, they ask what, like, is her name actually happy? Um, Because your work is so representative of happiness, I feel. Yeah, it suits me, yeah. Um, And then your last name, Menocal, is from where? Uh, So it's Cuban. My dad is from Cuba. Okay. And came here in 1960 when a lot of people left, Mm -hmm. when Castro took over. Uh, And it's like kind of a big name there. I actually went to Cuba last year. Okay. um, And... It was like uh, it's you see the name a lot because yeah. there was like a president um, Mario Menocal. Got it. Uh, so are you royal in Cuba? Uh, not really. I think it's. I think it's sort of. <laughs> I thought it was. I thought I was sort of fancy, but when uh-huh. I 
when Facebook became a thing, like when I, you know, 10, 10 years, 15 years ago, whenever, uh, I went on and there's like a billion menocals with Got it. like drawn on eyebrows and all kinds of menocals. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it's particularly uh, fancy, but it's it was kind of fun going to back to my roots. Cuba's an amazing place. I was just there in March. It's so weird. It's like this high, low. Oh, you were there this past March. In March, yeah. I wonder how different. So I went la- like a year before that. Okay. Before uh, it officially opened, be- I guess. Right before it officially opened. Okay. Like, I had to... F- I, my cousin goes back a lot, so she... Um, so I'm only... I'm half Cuban. My mom's American. Okay. Like, I don't even speak Spanish, but my... Um, <laughs> so you're not really Cuban. <laughs> I mean, no. I'm like... The, I was like the biggest gringo of, yeah. the, of the group. <laughs> but my cousin is like super involved, and she made a documentary about Cuban hip-hop, and like she's oh, like wow. got all these friends there. So I went with her, and uh, so I was like plugged in. And, uh, so I had, I feel like I had like a pretty, uh, like authentic experience, but Mm -hmm. it was still, there was like a lot of stuff that still wasn't like, I'm curious how different it was from your experience a year later. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was this, it's beautiful. It's magical, but the sort of like trying to be fancy in the middle of poverty, like next door to each other. Yeah. was mind boggling for me. Or we went to this beautiful oceanfront restaurant with this like piano shaped pool to watch the sunset. Yeah. And the buildings to the left and the right were falling apart. Yeah. But this building was pristine and perfect. And it sort of was this contrast for me that I was like, this is insane. But also they got this house from the government and nobody got this house from the government. Like the way that works is still a little crazy in my mind. Yeah. But people were lovely. And the food was delicious, mostly. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Water, I didn't drink it, but you yeah. know, it was it was fascinating, and all the cars too was yeah, so weird. Thing. I just thought that was a stereotype or like a fake thing, but it was real. Like all of these very old American cars, driving yeah, around. with like matte like paint jobs. Yes, yeah. there were some bad paint jobs. Yeah. Um, all right, so Cuban real name is not Happy, but Happy is technically your real name. Yeah. Uh, would you ever do a name change? Uh, like, what do you mean? Like, well, you can like change your name with the state of New York. Oh, no, I don't care. I mean, any avoiding any paperwork. Like, I basically live to avoid like bureaucratic situations. So, Got it. No, <laughs> so the answer care. is no. Yeah. <laughs> um, and when did you start sort of drawing or creating? Your work is very different from a lot of the other stationers that are out there. It's sort of in a category, in my mind, of its own. I think a lot of people Thanks. do watercolor, a lot of people paint pretty things, but I don't know, your process, your art, it's its magical, and sort of how did that begin for you? Um, you're so nice. Uh, I'm honest. Uh, so, well, okay, so my mom is a decorative painter. Mm-hmm. And she is actually well. This won't be. Lo- this will be lost on your listeners. But well, I could post. A we're picture. looking at some stuff like these drawings. And Are the her painting. your mom yeah. did these drawings? She did. The, she. They, they, we're looking at these like old nudes. These beautiful sort of charcoal nudes. nudes. Yeah, they're yeah. beautiful. From uh, when my mom, I think, was a student. Like she might have been in wow, the early twenties really or late teens. Yeah. Um, so she. So I grew up around that, and I sort of knew that. Um, you know, being an artist was like a po- a career. Mm-hmm. Um. And, but I wasn't, I I don't think I had, you know, I don't think I stood out. I mean, I was always like kind of a confident kid. So if, if let's say a teacher gave me some encouragement, which they probably gave to every kid, I sort of took it serious. I took it to heart and was like, all right, yes, yes, that is a, I did make a good, you know, dragon (laughs) or whatever. So I always like felt 
um, I just had a lot of confidence. And so I just kind of went for it. Like mm -hmm. whenever it was, I don't know if we were making, if like my friend and I were on a play date and we were making a little cake or something for m our moms, I would like draw a menu and like write this sort of yeah. um, formal thing being like, and this evening, you know, all misspelled. Like, <laughs> you take it to the next yeah, level. Yeah, like you will be served, you know, <laughs> like I have one that says steak and it's like S-T-A-K-E. <laughs> I was probably like 16 at the sure. time. But, um, and, you know, you, I, I was like, did I do this when I was four? My mom was like, yeah. no. <laughs> Spelling wasn't your strong suit. You're, you're a lot older. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I, I always had this, uh, I always liked to draw. And I worked, my first job was at an ad agency, like a boutique ad agency. Mm -hmm. And Here in New York City? Here or? in New York City, yeah. And it was like the best job. It was the coolest people. And they kind of, you know, everyone sort of wore a lot of hats and I got to try to mess around with a lot of things. And, um, like one of my colleagues taught me how to use all the Adobe stuff, um, a Brazilian guy. And I still, I still use like all of his sort of idiosyncratic like tricks, Oh really? which it's I funny. now realize when I work with other designers who are, you know, much more experienced that like I'm doing it in like the most absurd antiquated way. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm doing like eight <laughs> extra steps and I'm like, whatever, that's how this Marcelo is what you know. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, while I was there, we um, would I would draw I would storyboard my own uh, or m my scripts or anyone's scripts for like let's say like a Verizon commercial. Mm -hmm. um, and so story you know storyboards kind of look like I mean the best ones if you look at like Hitchcock drew his own storyboards and they're like each one is like a gorgeous little black Piece and white painting. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the ones that you see typically in like ad agencies are like kind of look like comic books. It's usually like a dude who draws, like, chiseled, like, perfectly <laughs> anatomically correct Human kind beings. of people. Yeah. yeah. And everyone's, like, kind of, like, attractive and, like... And they're very they're very specific and, mm -hmm. like, correct. Um, and I think because I was, like, such an amateur and I didn't really know what was expected of... Like, I, I hadn't... You know, I wasn't, like, looking at the internet to see what other storyboards looked like, really. Sure. Um, uh, I was doing these like really like kind of bad kind of impressionistic <laughs> storyboards, but the directors really liked them because I mean I think they had like a vibe that the directors like. I tried to like capture the like get the vibe, yeah. But also they um, were so vague that the directors had a lot of flexibility because to create something because yeah, it wasn't as precise or it specific. Wasn't as precise, and their client wouldn't like latch onto it. Got like, it. With a precise one, the client would be like, well, I saw that the bookcase was over there and sure. it was a dark wood and what you didn't source that for the So shoot. this was much less literal, so there was yes. flexibility. Yes. Oh, so I started getting all these good jobs. And so I did that and I kind of liked the, um, it's kind of like a fun sort of metabolism. Like there's, sh everyone's rushing for the shoot and like acting as though it's like an emergency room to like shoot these like <laughs> yeah. Time Warner Like you're cable. curing cancer. Yeah. yeah, you're curing cancer yeah. and it's like throwing, there's so much money and budget <laughs> and then it has to be done and you're like working all night and then I would be finished and like there was no, it was over. Like I never had to think about that commercial Because you wouldn't actually be there for filming. No, but I would go, it was actually pretty stressful. I would sometimes, some directors, depending on like how hands-on they were, would want me to come like in the van to the location scout if mm -hmm. it was local. So like if they're shooting in like a fake like suburban home in Queens or something, um, I would go with them in the van. And that was fun for me too because yeah. as an artist, um, well now, and now I have a team, but like there was a period where 
you know, I was kind of like a loner and I just, my, I'm such a, I'm like a social animal. So I didn't Mm want to be like alone in my like little Bushwick. Painting in the dark. Painting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to be like in the van with these like fun production people. So I would go with them and then I would have to sketch in front of the guy, like a courtroom artist. No pressure. No pressure. And I was so nervous. So, and some, a lot of these guys who direct commercials are like, um, well, I say, I keep saying guys, but I mean men or women, um, are like feature film, you know, they, mm-hmm. they, they do this to make money, but they yeah. are like serious directors. So it was cool. Anyway, so I did that for a while. Do you have any s- images of that? Of yeah, like, yeah I'm really proud of them. Yeah, If I, you I'll share talk, some with me, I'd love yeah. to put them on the blog. Oh yeah, to- thank you. Yeah. Um, cause they, it's, I'm glad you asked because they just get lost to obscurity. I mean, no for sure. Yeah. And in the world of what you do today, people aren't like, let me see your No, <laughs> And they're, fu- they're like weird. I mean, but, um, but yeah, so I was doing that and then, uh, one of my first, I was like in my twenties and then one of my first like good friends was getting married and she was like, will you do, oh, and I, so I left the ad agency and I was just doing that, just doing storyboards. And she was like, will you, and I also was doing tons of shitty jobs, like, um, you know, graphic design for like a storage company, you know, Mm -hmm. just like you're an artist, anything that pays, anything I could do. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, but I wasn't, you know, it was all kind of computery stuff, and I'm just like not that computery. Like drawing on a computer. Yeah, or? like just oh. you know laying out like text in like mm-hmm. a, you know, just like not my strong suit. So, um, my friend was getting married, and it was like a Palm Beach blowout wedding, and she has like amazing. She she like has great style, and she kind of let me do. She was like, "Will you do the stationery?" And let you have free reign. And let me do anything. And she was, That's you know, amazing. she was investing in like good production. Like she was mm-hmm. like doing it on beautiful paper. So I had this, but I didn't really know what I was. I mean, in retrospect, like there were so many things that I didn't know yet. Um, but she, I, I had this idea, like, oh, what if we make you like a sort of, like make you into this like old aristocratic fam, like make a mm-hmm. like coat of arms. Like a crest. Like a crest. So I was looking at all these like medieval crests. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was uh, 2008, 2009 was okay. the wedding. So, you know, this was kind of before there was this moment of like everything being like yield, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, or right around then. So I, so I was like, let's make you this crest and this tropical thing. And so I did this thing and, uh, and I like put a lot of love into it because it was for She's my, a friend. my good yeah. friend and she was so like cool about everything and she had great ideas. And um, like I was a bridesmaid and we, she got us, we got to wear these um, uh, like, what's the fabric that's like a moiré, like a silk moiré, or is that how oh. I'm pronouncing it? It looks it is, like, but um, is it pleated? No. No, it's almost like if you imagine like when grain is silky, but there's like a, um, uh, an optical illusion in it of like rings, like almost like wood grain. Oh no, I'm not like familiar. shiny silk. Oh, it's okay. like the best fabric. Okay. Um, so I need pictures of this too. So we had these like one <laughs> shoulder, like kind of eighties cut uh-huh. magenta, like silk. The designer was Rebecca Taylor. Uh, and they were, they were just really cool. So it was a great wedding. But anyway, so I did that and, uh, there were like, yeah, I don't know, 250 people there and, you know, 40 of whom were young people who engaged. were in love or yeah. in getting engaged or engaged. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as you know, in this business, it's sort of this amazing sort of mushroom of like people seeing, you know, when you do, a, when you put on a great show there, you have this audience right there who are yeah. also kind of in that world and are probably going to need that service. So 
there were like then sort of like 18 girls like got in touch with me right after one wedding. yeah and this is like pre-instagram so it wasn't there wasn't that this sort of like showiness thing that sure. there is now there wasn't this like immediate like internet effect look what i did look what our wedding was yeah, yeah. like that didn't happen but there certainly was just people receiving the envelopes mm-hmm. and sitting at the dinner table with the menus and whatever and feeling a certain way yeah, and also I was like hanging out with these girls, like drinking champagne and whatever. So that's my stationery. Yeah, yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah, we're doing your wedding. So it, that, so that really like sparked the whole thing. So, um, and then from you know, and I, I had a lot to learn. I didn't have anybody. I didn't think. I think this is a huge thing with any like small business person. I, I think I sort of didn't know how I was ever going to be grow enough to confidently like hire someone. Mm-hmm. That's um, a huge step. Yeah. To go from working alone and charging what you think is reasonable yeah. to hiring someone and now you have a space and a team. And it's always kind of your friend or your friend's friend mm-hmm. and you feel kind of a sh- you feel embarrassed to like charge what you think it's what it know, takes. To charge a lot. Yeah. yeah. So so that was a huge thing for me. Um and then and, and all I think part of it is like ego too. Like I just assume that like I need to do everything because I'm the only person like capable yeah, of doing it. Totally get it. And Control then freak mentality. I learned that like I actually am terrible at like seventy percent of the things. Like <laughs> I was like proofreading my own stuff and like sending she envelopes with S T A K E. Yeah, spelling mistake and like you know just not like yeah. having like weeping at FedEx because like they lost my thing and like just not like just things that like I shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. Like not that anyone wants to be weeping at FedEx, but But some people have a logistical brain yeah. and they can be calm and get what they want yeah. and totally. Yeah. So it took me a little while and then um I met Sarah who is in this room right now with headphones on uh painting envelopes. Um and she so I like sort of, she sort of undersold herself and was like, I'm, you know, she, I sort of hired her as someone who's going to help me with like logistics. Mm-hmm. Um, but she showed me some of these uh, paintings that she had made and she did some, I was like, can you paint? Like, can you do like calligraphy? And she'd gone to Waldorf school when she was younger. Mm-hmm. Um uh, which where they teach you their whole like, all the creative, yeah, yeah. like hand making stuff by hand. And so she's just like incredibly resourceful and like handy. And so she started, um, we tried out like her hand doing some stuff and it took a while for us to like find our voice mm-hmm. because my style, my lettering style is like a little like looser and crazier than hers. And hers is like a little more professional. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then we kind of like met in the middle. Like we would literally like, I'd be like, I love how you do your G. Like you, that's how you do your G. <laughs> I want to do and my G like that. And then I would kind of like rip off her G. Oh, and then, interesting. But it would kind of like, so now we sort of, it's sort of like when people, um, I don't know. I feel like we both are sort of have the same accent now, you know, yeah. like we do the same. Two so, become one. Yeah. As the Spice Girls say. Yeah. So she's taught me a lot. And so, so that, so Sarah was the first person and then, uh, you know, the team just continued to grow, but, um, but it was until like t- t- uh, a year and a half ago we were in m- our my apartment like in full time in your home full time yep. like bras drying on the radiator <laughs> like you know like pretty intimate uh-huh. um, and it just was getting you know, it just like wasn't fair to my family and it wasn't fair to my team like it was well just, and then yeah. you have no home and workspace it's yeah. all one space which I don't mind everyone always says you need like a division there but mm-hmm. I'm I like live that doesn't. 
I, if I could like build like a big compound and just have everyone like, be yeah, with you, I would <laughs> that care, would yeah. be your dream. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this, um, I feel like a signature of yours is this crest and yeah. sort of anything botanically inspired. Is that so? It started with this wedding in my in Florida. Yes. And then is this sort of like it became your signature from there? Did you know right away, or people responded, and so now ev- everybody gets a crest? Or what was sort of the history of that? Um, so, well, I'll say this: it's not always so that we now call them emblems because emblems. Um, because not everybody wants like an actual. Some people kind of shy away from the. It's actually people who I think people who have like an actual family crest that it is sort of active in their life, they might mm-hmm. feel weird like um, doing another one or sort of reinterpreting that or whatever. And some people just feel like it's like not their vibe. So maybe it's sort of like more of like an oval shaped thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. But essentially, yeah, it's like I find it's the best way. It was the best way for me to sort of absorb all the everything I know about the – the couple or an individual, we do them for people, we do them for brands. For businesses, yeah. Um, but whoever the sort of subject is, I, you know, it's kind of this long conversation and I kind of get to know them and they send me, we, we give them like a little journal that they fill out mm-hmm. and we ask for like visual inspiration and, you know, I try to make it about as much about um, sort of what they're hoping to do for the wedding Um as a as it should be also about like who they are, so For sure. that in ten years it's still totally it's reflective of them, yeah. Not necessarily like just they, the if they're day. getting married on like Ibiza, but like they live in Pennsylvania and they're like total like the, you know it's like kind of a destiny. You know, I want it to mm-hmm. like be about them, not just the place. Yeah. Um. So that's this like whole conversation, and I felt like I needed some sort of like core thing just for myself to kind of get everything down. Of, like, what are these guys mm-hmm. about? Um, and then making that as almost just like an exercise becomes then I, I mean, it's sort of, I hate to use like kind of gross, like marketing language, but it is like almost like a logo. Like it's kind of finding, it's sort of like your identity, your base. Yeah. It's consolidating everything I've learned into this one thing. Mm -hmm. And then once we have that, I kind of can go wild and, you know, we're getting more, the better printing is and the better – the easier it is to sort of make things look cool, um, for anyone to make things look pretty polished, mm-hmm. the less polished, like, I want things to look. Like, I feel like you I want need to very go, clear, this was hand done. Yeah. So I'm, like, into – I don't know. Like, I'm working – where we just pitched a job uh, – or we have the job, but we I just pitched the creative. I haven't like, – um, we haven't produced it yet – of that where like we're going to print some of the stuff on the envelope and then I want to go in by hand and like basically Add. hand color it. Yeah, uh-huh. like not just the the calligraphy but like the art. The actual art. Yeah, cuz it's amazing. Yeah, like I just sort of love the idea of uh, like did you see the obituary of this woman who died this week who invented like the a uh, home um the first or only like automatic self-cleaning home? No. I don't read obituary. Is that a thing you like um, to do? No, this one was like particularly good though. Oh, okay. Um, she invented, she was sort of like a women's lib. I guess women's lib is like a very dated term, but that was sort of at, in her moment. She was like 98 <laughs> what, who she when was. she died. Yeah, yeah, that was like the phrase that was used. And um, 
uh, her basically the home it was like a dishwasher. Mm-hmm. So if you imagine, it's like living inside a big dishwasher. It cleaned itself. So it had like shower heads everywhere, and it just like everything was like. I mean, it was like totally insane. Uh huh. But um, was she uh, like a hypochondriac? Uh, like no, a- her thing was that like even women who were in sort of modern relationships and households were still stuck like scrubbing Cleaning pots and pans house. all day. Yeah, because like who else is going to do it? So this, she like presses a button and like puts on a raincoat and the whole <laughs> and house. And she gets... doesn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I sort of like that idea of like with paint, with art of just, ta- if I was in here just taking my, you know, just doing the whole, if like I had someone's whole package of stationery or the whole tent that they're in just like going to town and With additional paint or, yeah. Yeah. So I'm just trying to kind of put, I think there's something kind of fun about making your mark like all over the place mm-hmm. um, in a way that like a machine can't or yeah. well this woman's machine could but sure um, <laughs> a stationary machine yeah can't. yeah so we're thinking we're into like like where we're sitting now where there are these hand-painted curtains like what if They're the inside exquisite. of the tent has like panel you know canvas uh-huh. panels that are hand-painted and like yeah. it doesn't have to be you know, I'm not like a train. They're not, it's not perfect, yeah. but it just, um, especially when you're cr- trying to create an, like an atmosphere, yep. it just needs to be like all encompassing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and you're thinking beyond the printer, beyond the piece of paper. It yeah. Seems. We're try. I, I want to do like interiors mm-hmm. and thing objects and yeah. things. And, um, so that's sort of like where we're moving. Yeah. Because essentially if I, and your process would be you get to know your couple, sort of their colors, their, they fill out their journal, yep. and then you present the options, and all the initial options are painted by hand, but then that actually is just printed, like the menu or the invite, right? Correct. And then each envelope, though, is hand Each envelope is hand-painted, and actually we get the me- – usually we use the menus as um, – also as a place card. Mm-hmm. So we'll leave like a little gap somewhere and then we'll go in by hand and paint the name mm-hmm. after we get them back from the printer. Um, and again, like digital printing is so good right now that you, it's almost impossible to tell like to what's tell been the printed. Difference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So there's a, there's a combined effect, but we've been doing crazy. Like we're trying to do like I, I, my thing lately is I've been, when I like show up at a dinner, I I'll just wrap a bottle of wine, like in, um, brown pa- like butcher paper or whatever paper painted. and then I just paint the whole thing I'll like oh, write you paint them it after I well you could, I could paint directly on the bottle too but oh. um no I just paint all over the the bag once it's wrapped uh-huh. yeah um and then just looks so cool and like yeah. takes pressure off having I'm inviting you bottle. over for dinner yeah <laughs> I'll, yeah you'll, you'll get a nice you know $12 bottle of wine but with a hand-painted a thing yeah. <laughs> yeah that I can re-gift to someone exactly. else exactly but that could work in favors I mean there's so many worlds in which sort yeah. of the beauty that you create could be um, worked into is that sort of the goal for you long term is to add more to a potential client's day or event or yeah I mean Yes, or to their home. I mean, here, so the other piece is like, you know, we work with these people and you must feel the same way because we have a similar arc where like you're kind of the first person they mm-hmm. engage to, you know. Um, well, maybe not actually. I guess the venue is the first thing they need well, to do. Well, typically, I mean, it, all different ways. Some clients yeah. come to me with a date in a venue, but I'd say the majority of the clients, it's from the beginning. We just got engaged we have yeah. no idea what to do. Help. Yeah. <laughs> and then we do venue, station air, foot, like all of the rest of right. the vendors. So you, right. So we're like, we're, you know, we're kind of at the beginning as well because yeah. of the save the date. For sure. Um, 
so it's this, you know, it can sometimes be like eight to two years or 18 months with these It's a long people. relationship, yeah. And they're like our friends. And so, you know, and then they have a baby and then maybe they'll buy a house. A mm-hmm. And so we're kind of like in their life and they kind of come back and ask for things. And we never, we don't really have, like one of the reasons we've been able to grow a little bit with the wedding. I mean, our, the biggest issue is obviously is scaling for it. Like we sure. can't, we're still just everything by hand. So it's like how. Yeah, it's hard to grow yeah. extremely quick. I don't have like robots who can do it yet, but. Um, yes. Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> yeah. is that in the yeah. works? Yeah, I'm working on a robot, yeah. <laughs> but um, so, but yeah, but we, so we, one of the things that's allowed us to grow a little bit is like really being stricter. Like I have such a hard time saying no to a project, especially if it's kind of like a cool thing. Mm-hmm. Something you're interested in, yeah. Yeah, but it's hard to like kind of change gears so many times in the course of a day or a mm-hmm. week and just to focus on this one like crazy baby shower um, and like blow that baby shower out of the water. But it's just like one little thing when like what we should be doing is spending more time and energy on like a long, a larger scale, Big scale thing project. where we're yeah. really like living with the people and really, so we're trying to like only offer sort of bigger things. Mm-hmm. Um, but so when people are like, Hey, will you do a painting of my house? I'm like, yes, because I love houses and I love painting houses, but we kind of need to figure out how to make that into like a more um, comprehensive package. For sure. Well, and for you as an artist, it's not, you're not a machine. You have feelings. I feel like artists <laughs> feel things very deeply. <laughs> when it's high, it's high. When it's low, it's low. Yeah. It's not like you can just sit and paint. Like there must be a need for some spark of inspiration, right? You can't right. just be like, all right, this is the color, this is the couple, done. Next, right. next, next. Like I feel like you fully get into it. Yes. And I feel like that must not always be easy. Like, sometimes you just don't want to do it. <laughs> I mean, when there's, like, a bad f- – when it feels like it's not the right fit, it doesn't happen that often because our um, – so Mary Nelson, who's, like, our the person who's kind of, like, the first person that our mm-hmm. clients talk to, is just, like – she's, like, from Texas. She's super warm and, like, totally has, like, a – just gets people. And mm-hmm. so she kind of was able to, like, immediately – get the feel of like these guys are on the, you know, like if we're right for them. Um, so by the time I meet with people or talk to them, like, I feel like it's pretty, like it's a good fit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, I, I, that, the, the changing gears thing is hard. Did did you ever watch that show that was, um, it was like Elvis's granddaughter, the the girlfriend experience. No. Oh, it's pretty good. It's It's good. So she's like a, um, she's like a high class escort. Okay. And she, um, and she's like a total sociopath. She has like no emotions, but she, um, she's do the like job, very successful. I think. Yeah. yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta compartmentalize, I guess, to do that job. But she, um, she'll meet with a guy, a John, and she'll like excuse herself to go to the ladies' room and she'll like jot down in her phone. She'll like text herself, like, you know, has, is a lawyer, has two daughters, one of them goes to Harvard, like, whatever. Um, so that she can keep it straight, like Who what this is. guy's feel is, so yeah. that next time she sees him, she makes him feel like he is like, like she the center of her universe, sure. and she's in love with him, and like she doesn't remember anyone else but him, and whatever. And I like started to feel. I think when we were trying, like I don't like that feeling of mm-hmm. being like, oh yes, I remember. You know, like I like to really kind of live with people, yeah, to actually genuinely have a connection. Yeah. So that's like we. 
and I mean, honestly, my team has like, they basically act as like my, they kind of protect me from the FedEx debacle yeah. and the, <laughs> you know, I still have to like, of course you're the owner, yeah, the fridge is dripping or whatever, but, sure. um, but I really have, I'm in this very luxurious position now of really just being able to kind of like talk to people and, and make and, get and create. Know, yeah. And make things. Yeah. And that's sort of, I think the transition, how did that happen? That's always so interesting to me as a small business owner. And, you know, we talk to a lot of people. I prefer working with small business owners. When did you, was it like a leap of faith or you sort of had to do it or you, how did you go from you and your home to like where we are today? Right. Um, so I hired Sarah. She was first. She yeah. was first. I hired Ash, who is like our business guy. Mm-hmm. And she, she's just really, um, she's amazing. But her, like th- the first thing she did. So I, so one of the things I was really bad at was invoicing. Got it. Um, and so I had something like, I mean, thousands and thousands of dollars of money that Unpaid. I just hadn't. Yeah. Such and like, an artist. Just you are such an artist. And, but then I had like credit card debt. Like it wasn't even, <laughs> no, yeah. like it wasn't like I was like so rolling. No, you needed the matter. money. I needed the money. You just weren't doing the and money And then I part. would be embarrassed that it, so much time had elapsed that it was like kind of ridiculous. To email and say hi. To hunt, to rustle them up. You some owe little, me some yeah. money. So, um... It's sort of like when you um, when you owe someone a call, like a friend a call, um, and so much time goes by that when you at the, at the time when you're finally ready to do it, you can't just be casual. You have no. to like have some really nice thing to say, or like it yeah. has to be a big call, you know. Otherwise, like, it's awkward. Yeah, and you're like, I should have just done it when it was not a big deal, and then it would have been nothing. <laughs> and they, you know what I mean? Now I have to like tell them why I didn't call. It's like, ugh. it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. So Ash, like one of her first jobs was to like clean house and like figure that out and so and just get us organized so that was that really kind of jump-started like okay we're like a real business now we can like um and she just she gave me the confidence to like say no I mean I just feel I don't know what I'm such a like pleaser like I just Same. don't want to just want to no. help the world yeah and I <laughs> want to make your life yeah and, you know, and I like my eyes are a little big for my stomach so every and this still happens where every project because I'm protected from some of the, the details, um, I kind of don't pay attention to like what their t- calendar looks like anymore, mm-hmm. any of that. So I'm like, and we'll do a hand cut edge from this <laughs> Italian paper manufacturer who yeah. is closed for the month of September, but we'll get it. And then like my team is like, dude, we can't like, do that. no, you can't do that. The yeah. wedding is like, so I'm trying to not, and I, I, I think that's, it's that's actually like super annoying. Like I don't want to be like that because I think it's like sure. just doesn't serve anyone. Yeah, nobody so, wins in that situation. Yeah, so I'm trying to be pr- practical and like that's one of our major things now is figuring out how to time the creative. So when I'm like in La La Land, like doodling, I doodle everything tiny and then mm-hmm. present the tiny miniatures. Oh, and that's like so fun. That's my favorite thing. So I, I didn't make, know they were done. Tiny. Yeah, I, that's how I start because. Oh. I mean, honestly, it's for a practical matter. I can photograph them all at once or put them all in the scanner bed yeah. and show them, like, the whole thing. Yeah. Because it's so helpful to see, like, everything. Um, to see all of them like next the to each house. other. Like a dollhouse, yeah. yeah. And then, um, so when I'm doing that, again, it's very easy for me to be like, and it's a 30-inch wide accordion. And it's like, well, <laughs> our printer doesn't, the press is only 18 inches. Like, you know, it's yeah. like stuff like that it's that I possible. know. Yeah. So we try to like have our converse. We try to have the whole team have like a, 
um, Mondays and Thursdays have a conversation about like, okay, let's talk about Emma and Irene today. Like, mm-hmm. what's their deal? And then everybody kind of chimes in like, oh, I talked to our ribbon guy. We can't get the green yeah. ribbon. We can't, you know, whatever. We Let's do – and so, like, I know what my – To manage all of the expectations of the dreams of the artist yeah. and the realities of the world. Yeah. And, like, I try to – and if I – I try to, like, uh, man up and say to the client, we can't get the green ribbon. You know, I used to be like, oh, will, yeah. you, will you tell them that we can't get the green ribbon? You know what I mean? Like, so, scapegoats. Yeah. You have scapegoats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind yeah. of amazing. Yeah. Um, so that's your process. That's your team. We know a little bit about your future. I feel like it's been so lovely to chat with you and yeah, get to know so much. a little bit more about the magic behind the beautiful work that you create. If people want to see more about your work, where can they find it? Uh, oh, good question. So our website is just my name. It's Happy Menocal, um, which spelling is, I guess, just type in any anything it sounds like that and you'll get it. Um, b- uh, but we're re we're launching our website. We're relaunching the website in September. And it's oh, gonna exciting. Be, but yeah, right now it's not very representative of, it's kind of, of old, your yeah. full body. Yeah. Work. Yeah. But, but yeah. Okay. And then Instagram. Yes. Which is just my name. Happy okay. Menocal. At Happy Menocal. And that's yeah. a mix of your work and family. Yes. And it's I'm, your real life. It's like, it's scrappy. I, I need to, <laughs> but I just like that. I mean, when I look at who I want to follow, it's the sort of a messy profile. So I'm, I'm sticking to it. Be who you are. Yeah. Yeah. If you're scrappy is your life, yeah. then show it off. Yeah. And, and it's yeah. beautiful because it's like a close up of a random piece of art you've painted yeah. and then maybe a kid and, and then kid. Yeah. an animal and then yeah. a letter. Like it's fun to follow you. So yeah. everyone should follow her scrappy Instagram. <laughs> That's um, true. Thanks so much. All right. Bye. Weddings-ish. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to Weddings-ish with Jove. It really means the world to me. I would also love to encourage you to share with your friends the podcast link, share on social media, and of course, feel free to leave us a great five-star review on iTunes. It's super helpful. It takes just a moment. Tell us what you're loving, why you love it. And again, if you have any wedding planning questions, we'd love to hear them. Podcast at jovemeyerevents.com. Again, it's podcast at jovemeyerevents.com. Send any and all questions. We love to answer them. No questions off limits. Weddings ish. The music in this podcast was made by the fabulous Mel Flannery of Mixtape, a cover band for hipsters. If you need an amazing wedding band, make sure to check them out. Thanks, Mel. Love the jingle. Weddings ish. Weddings ish.